0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Welcome to the show. So I hope everybody's doing okay. I know it's been a month since I've done a show, so... Well, let's talk about what's going on, and I'll tell you why. So you know, I said a while ago that I'd be doing these every two weeks, and and um, it's turned out to be very, very difficult to do that. Uh, largely because, as you know, I have a secondary business, and that in that business I do basically design consulting and uh, application design and application stuff, tech tech stuff, you know, because I come from the tech background. Um, and so I'm finding myself on Sundays when I would normally do these podcasts being exceedingly busy on proposals and things like that, not related to reselling. And I'm still selling, um, full time, but I've also started to scale back a little bit, um, because I'm starting to get busy in that business. Um, whereas I wasn't nearly as busy before when I was living in Massachusetts, I was doing occasionally, uh, things, but ultimately reselling was my primary source of income. Uh, now still is i mean i'm still doing pretty well uh but i'm finding myself on sundays not able to report uh, re- record this podcast and and i find myself kind of stressed <laughs> so it's been a month um so i'm going to go to a once a month now and see hof- hopefully that will work out um uh, and to be honest with you i mean you know one of these um you know, a lot of YouTubers and and podcasters, um, they struggle to come up with new, uh, information that they could talk about. And so they get really kind of creative and, uh, talk about things that don't really matter in reselling a lot. Um, and I try not to do that, although I have been guilty of doing that a couple times. And so I'm going to try not to do that. Um, uh, although, (laughs) although today I think that, uh, might be an exception, but, um, I'm going to go to once a month and see if that works. If that doesn't work, I'm just going to end the podcast. And I, you know, I hate to say that here and, you know, this is not a source. The podcast is not a source of income at all. As you know, I have sponsors and things like that, but I really don't get much from that. and, And frankly, it's not my main motivation for doing this. Um. Also, as you know, I, I have a spreadsheet out there that, uh, that I've given many of you um, to kind of help manage your business, and I, hopefully that's working for you. But, um, you know, I give away that for free. I'm not, you know, I don't go back and try to sell things, you know. So, at the end of the day, this podcast is kind of a labor of love versus a, uh, you know, money-making um, venture. That being said... I am in the software business as well, so I probably will will convert that spreadsheet into a full-blown application, which I probably will sell. Um, it'll be something that will run a Mac and PC, and it won't be web-based, and it'll be a one-time charge. Um, I think that is a good model. I'm not trying to use... Uh, I'm not trying to get... You know, reselling is expensive um, as it is for resellers uh, to uh, to maintain their business. And so I don't want to have my hand in your pocket monthly. Um, so if I do come up with the software, I will sell it, but it'll be relatively inexpensive and it'll be a one-time charge, but that is coming. I mean, I am working on it cause I need it myself. Frankly, spreadsheets are good. Um, but it requires a lot of manual entry and things. And I think that there are better ways to do it. Um, and, uh, using a, da- a database, um, so i anyway, mean, I'm working on that right now. And, and when I perfect it for myself, then I'll just release it for everybody, but it will be running on both Mac and PC and, you know, everybody should be okay with that. So anyway, that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, you know, uh, so let's just talk about reselling for, for right now, but just know that I'm going to once a month from now on. And, and hopefully that will maintain my audience. And if it doesn't, then I'll stop, but that's okay. um, there is a lot of information out there, a lot of good YouTubers and a lot of good podcasters out there. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lack of information on how to run a reselling business, but let's talk about some important things. Um, you know, we're going through a cycle right now and there's a lot of changes at at eBay. Um, there's a lot of focus on some, uh, more high dollar items, mainly watches, shoes, and, um, uh, card collectible cards, and they're really, really pushing for that. And so they've came up with a new update and that update includes some price increases for your fees. And so, um, this is important because as you recall, the, uh, fee structure for collectibles was pretty, um, advantageous. That still is advantageous compared to other things but you're gonna start seeing um, a creep up of fees in this area. And matter of fact, it's already happened with this release. Now, as you recall, when we moved to managed payments here in the US, um, those managed payments uh, were a savings for many of us um, because the PayPal fees, you avoid the PayPal fees and you're, you know while there was new eBay fees, they were lower than the PayPal fees slightly, not nothing too drastic. Um, But with this update, they've basically closed that gap. And so basically, it's a wash uh, for most uh, sellers. That is not true for sneaker sellers uh, and for watch sellers and for um, collectible card sellers. Those are still uh, advantageous to sell. And my feeling is it always has been is that, you know, if eBay asks you to do it, you should probably do it. So if you are inclined for any of those three areas, um, you might want to take a look at that. Now, I don't think either any of those free, these, those areas meet the criteria that I have for me to sell. Now, just a reminder, we've talked about this before, but the reminder is that it's got to be plentiful. It's got to be easy to ship. It can't be in a bubble and it's got to be easy to store. So let's take a look at those three items. Watches, not affordable. I wouldn't say it's a bubble, but you know, you know, in, in hard times, sometimes as a storage of value, uh, it can be, I think it definitely collectible cards is it is easy to ship. Um, but you need to store them quite, uh, uh you know, quite delicately because, uh, some of these expensive watches, require a lot of, um, maintenance. And of course there's always, uh, a, a fraudulent activity, not so much anymore that they have the grading system and things like that with eBay. But, um, the point is, is it doesn't meet my, the criteria for affordability and plentiful and being plentiful in nature. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of competition in that area. Um, I would say the same thing is true for cards, So, car, uh, collectible cards. Hey, listen, easy to store, there's plenty. There's plenty of them, but we are in a bubble. You know, when you hear about uh, uh, football and baseball cards, uh, rookies uh, selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars, or maybe even just hundreds of dollars, um, you know, we know that they we're in a bubble. That would be same to be true for Pokemon and Magic the Gathering and all those other things. We're in a bubble there too. So that doesn't meet my criteria for that. So sneakers. Um, this is interesting. Sneakers aren't necessarily plentiful. I think if you, you go to a Goodwill or something like that, they're they're very difficult to find good ones. I think unless you, you got to really know what you're doing, um, the margins on them aren't really that great. If you buy them from somebody who knows what they have, they're easy to sell and relatively easy to ship, so it meets those criteria. Those criteria, but uh, and I don't think we're in a bubble. So I think the, the sneak out of all three of those things, sneakers, I think are probably the best bet if you're inclined to do them. I hate doing sneakers, so <laughs> I'm probably not the right person to ask, but they do definitely meet the criteria out of those three. And so those are, the, those are the pushes that right now that eBay are pushing you towards. So if you're a seller in one of those three areas, I think you're going to do okay. Um, but I see a marketable difference in the amount of activity in my store compared to what it was, let's say, maybe six months ago. So there is definitely a, um, um, a push towards those three areas and not a push towards other collectible things. So uh, my sales are kind of flat. I would say, even though I've increased my, my, uh, a number of items in my store pretty drastically, um, my sales are fairly flat. So that, and I think that's largely because I'm not getting the page views I used to. So I'm doing everything the same. Um, So there is something going on on the eBay side um, that's not being talked about. And I think actually it is just either more people are entering the market, which is entirely possible. Hard to say because uh, eBay is a fairly closed book. Or they're just not promoting as much as they used to in these areas. And I think that's probably more likely the case. Um, There is definitely a downward pressure on the the, um, sales price for the items. Now, I'm still getting you know, pretty good profitability because I buy well. Um, but, uh, I'm certainly getting a lot more people trying to push down the prices by you know making low ball offers and stuff. So it isn't the same market. I, there's definitely a push. And actually even the uh, CEO of eBay has said that they're really, really focusing on higher end items. And, and listen, from a business standpoint on their side, I believe that, you know, that they think is the best thing to do. But as you know, eBay started off um, with small sellers like us. And so you got to make a choice whether or not you want to become that small seller or stay that small seller or become a larger seller. And I think that it's fine if you want to buy items that are uh, more expensive. But um, then when you do that, you, you still have to be in it for pennies on the dollar. Otherwise, you're not going to make a real good living doing this. Now I'm saying as a general rule, you can make a lot of money selling shoes, but you have to buy well. If you buy watches, you can make a lot of money selling watches, but you have to buy well. Same thing with cards, especially with cards, you have to buy well, and you can't be the last person standing when it comes to um, to when it's time to when it's time the, that the market falls uh, out from under you, because it will in those cards specifically. You know, uh, collectible cards are performing better than stocks right now. And that's, that is not something that I think is sustainable. And the collectible card industry is interesting in the sense that, um, they've always had in comic books by the way, too, is that they've always, uh, oversaturated the market with new product when they could sense they can make money. So they use, you're going to see a bubble and I think we're near that bubble. So I'd avoid it like the plague, frankly. I even suggest at one time, you know, you focus on, you know, doing low value cards and just doing volume and making it, uh, you know, doing a, a one listing and uh per year of card and basically, um, you know, have the set, um, as one listing or each card, one listing. And, you know, basically, um, you know doing variations and i think that's a, that's great but i even think i think even that th- there's a lot of people doing that now that that was a new idea that i had although i can't say i'm the only one who's had it but um there you know that uh, i think that now there's a lot of people doing it so i think that piece is problematic So I guess what I'm saying is I think that eBay in itself, I think is always going to be a a large source of my reselling income, but I'm definitely looking for other avenues. And we've talked about this in the past in my own website. I'm also selling on hip postcard, which I think is doing okay. Um, But I think also we have, you know, that's um, an issue there because they don't sync with eBay anymore, truly. Um, And so I guess what I'm saying is the market's changing. So I'm going to say something really interesting here is that, you know, I think maybe clothing might end up being something that might not be so bad after all, which is something that I'm surprised to, to say. But there's, you know, meets all the criteria except for one, and that's storage. So if you could solve the storage issue and, of course, the manual um, uh, listing issue. Then I'm, you know, I'm kind of thinking maybe that's the way to go again. It's, it's. I hate to say it. I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite for all this time for the last year pushing for people to get rid of their clothing inventory. But I will tell you, while it is slowed down a little bit for me because I'm not listing new clothing, um, the sell through rate is around 9 percent, 8, 8, right, as opposed to one percent and dropping uh, in the collectible postcard space in, in photograph space, which is where I've been focusing on for the past year, entirely different from what I said, you know, six months ago. So that just tells me that, you know, you have to adapt. I've like, always well, we said you have to adapt with this business and you, there's nothing new. You have to, now that doesn't bode well because I'm actually, you know, listing less. I'm a, a listing a 50 a day and focusing on the, my other businesses for half a day um, rather than the hundred or 200 that I used to list daily, um, over the last six months. So my inventory is not growing quite as fast now it's less cyclical than clothing. So in other words, clothing right now is going to start picking up, um, in I'd say March, you're going to start seeing the clothing, uh, pick up through March through October, uh, which is great. Um, but, uh, you don't really, or at least we don't know the, the cyclical nature of the postcard photograph, um, and cabinet card uh, markets that they don't just, they don't provide that information at eBay right now. Last year um, I did about 3% and that's, that was a blended number between, um, between clothing and uh, you know, the paper for me to hit my financial goals. I need a one and a half percent turnover rate. If I do that, then I'll make the the numbers I need to make given the numbers I have. um, And, so it's just how to make that happen. I've been doing the promoted listings. I've been, you know, pricing fairly. Uh, I've been making a lot of deals, doing sales and things like that. And my average sales price is actually um, about 15, $15 I actually strike that. That's my average net profit. Not my average sales price is around $27. So I've actually, so it's actually been creeping up. And so I'm making more money, but selling less and that's okay, by the way. So, you know, if you think about it, your per, my dollars per hour are much better uh, now than they were when I was selling just clothing. So, know, mind you, that's a blended number, but that's a pretty good number. And so, it's not about how many sell, it's about how much you make at the end of the day. So, keep that in mind. But I do need one and a half percent, and I'm tracking about one percent right now. So, it's definitely slowed down. And that is not a blended number. Like last year when I said three percent was a blended number. That's what, for everything. This is a strictly a uh, a number for the collectibles market. So I need one and a half. So I need to figure ways to boost that. And I think actually taking offers and, and maybe lowering prices might be in order. I haven't really figured that out yet. Point is, is that you need to do that as well. You need to look at you need to look at these numbers. You need to know how much you make on uh, in your uh, gross and net. You know, gross being before expenses, net is after expenses, of course. So, takeaways for today is one is I'm going to go to once a month because I need to focus on other things. Number two is to uh, look at your inventory and see whether or not uh, they meet the criteria. The criteria being it's got to be scalable, uh, it's got to be, which means it's got to be available, it's got to be store storable, it needs to be. Not in a bubble. And uh, I can't remember the last one. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Problems with streams of consciousness. So that's it for this week. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. And if you do want that spreadsheet, I still send it out. No problem. Just uh, send me a note through the website, uh, oldfashionedmike.com. And uh, I'll send it to you if you're interested in the database version, which will be basically, uh, you know, probably a little bit more complete and, and, um, will be a one-time charge. Let me know about that too. Although that will be a while when I finish that. Um, but I will follow up with those who let me know that they want that as well. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll speak real soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to head on over to oldfashionedmike.com for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.